Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. This is a talk from our central London service. To find out about upcoming talks at each of our services, or to listen to other talks, please visit ChristchurchLondon.org. Warm welcome to everyone. Uh, fantastic to see you. If we've not met, my name's David, along with Philippa. I get to co-lead this service, and uh, fantastic to have you here. Nice to see the artists are in the house today, so wonder why that is. So, uh, warm welcome to you all. Uh, I just want to, before we go any further, read a scripture reading for today. Uh, it may be that it's one that's re- been read already today, but uh, there is uh, no harm in reading it twice. Either way, this will fit in with the conversation that we're going to have. So, uh, it's Revelation 21, and it's the first five verses And this is the Apostle John. Uh, He's been persecuted. He's on an island and he has this remarkable vision where he anticipates what's to come. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth have passed away and there's no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now amongst men, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write down, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. We've got a a slightly different Sunday morning. We're very committed to God's word. That's one of the reasons that I wanted to read the scriptures at the start of this. And typically, if you're a visitor here, we uh, we would now have a sermon preaching from the Bible. Today, we're going to do things slightly differently and we're uh, going to interview two guests, but we'll draw out some of the theological implications of that uh, along the way, I'm sure. So, uh, Makoto and Heijin. Uh, Makoto is a leading American leading contemporary artist. Uh, if you know his work, he fuses uh, abstract art, uh, his fine art training, and Japanese traditions of art as well uh, into one. His art's been shown all around the world. And uh, when I heard that these guys were going to be in church this Sunday, I said, there is no way you're listening to me preach. (laughs) We are going to listen to you. So we're really excited. Uh, Makoto and his wife, uh, Heijin, a lawyer and the founder of Embers International, which we'll hear more about. Uh, But but Heijin and her team have really focused in the uh, Indian, I believe it's Mumbai, although I'm sure uh, Heijin will correct me if not, but the Mumbai Red Light District, working particularly with mothers and with children, uh, looking not only to redeem them out of the poverty and often the captivity that they're in, but to break the generational, the intergenerational exploitation and human trafficking as well. And they've been doing some really wonderful uh, work in that regard. Uh, And they're both uh, experts in the ancient Japanese art of kintsugi, And that has formed a real significant part of their message and their ministry at this point in time. I should also say that they're leading voices uh, in the church uh, in terms of the renewal of culture, which, as Natalie has already made very clear this morning, is something that we really love and we're very committed to. So uh, I'm going to have an extended conversation with them. And then at the end, there will be an opportunity for prayer. You'll find that our conversation uh, will um, include, at least, and probably major on trauma. 
and uh, uh, how and God's response to trauma. And therefore, I didn't want to do that, and we'll, we'll do it gently, but um, I didn't want to do that without an opportunity for prayer at the end. So once we're done with the conversation, I'm going to ask these guys whether they'll lead us in prayer, and I wanted to mention that to you uh, so that you know and you can prepare yourself for that as well. So with no further ado, I wonder whether you please give Makoto and Heijin a very, very warm welcome as they come to the stage. Welcome to you both to, to come and join us. Thank you. All right, fantastic. Well, it's so nice to see you both. I've, I should have said, Philip and I have enjoyed getting to know these two over recent months. We were with them actually in Hygiene's office in uh, New Jersey, which sort of doubles up as a studio yeah, for showing some of your art as well. Some of the smaller, less than huge ones of the, of the sort here. So we've really enjoyed getting, uh, getting to know them a little bit. Uh, I'm going to jump right in at the personal end to start with, if that's okay with the two of you. Uh, Kintsugi is, uh, once we develop the human metaphor, is to do with the healing of trauma, isn't it? Well, that's one of the big messages. Would you be happy to talk a little bit about the trauma that you've experienced? We've all experienced trauma. What, what's that been like for the two of you? So I'll start. Um, <laughs> hello, everybody. Great to be here. <laughs> um, first of all, thank you for uh, your leadership uh, to create this conversation uh, in, into the new. Um, and um, to answer your question, I, uh, I'm a survivor of 9-11. I uh, was trapped underneath the tower in the subway um, and lived three blocks away from Ground Zero. I, um, so I know trauma personally, how um, even 20 years after, 20 some years after, uh, there's lingering trauma and um, how everything was affected. Uh, my art is principally a way for me to get through that um, and to create into the new while recognizing the brokenness and suffering uh, that is all around me. Uh, for 15 years, I, had, I lived and worked uh, in Ground Zero, basically, um, helping uh, my neighborhood uh, come back. Uh, but, but also, as an artist, I felt this responsibility to my own journey um, of pain and suffering that was um, it's, it's not just from 9-11, but it's from all sorts of things that gets dug up when you go through something like that. So, um, and, and, and I also think that going through the pandemic, as, as we all did, um, that we are all survivors now, and therefore we all share in that um, uh, what I call common curse, which is my interpretation of common grace. Common grace is also common curse. Uh, we share in each other's suffering, um, and art is a way to create a bridge between what we share in, in our pain, but, but also uh, the newness, that, that hope that we, we also get to experience together through 
the fractures and um, what we experience. Thank you. Well, my, um, well, hello, everybody. <laughs> um, we get very intimate here, right? Like you yeah. say hello and then say, I mean, let me tell you about my trauma. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's not very British, actually, at all, <laughs> you know. But, uh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> We're very direct people. So uh, my trauma, um, the biggest one um, that I can share is uh, from my 20s. Is anyone in your 20s? God bless you. <laughs> and in my 20s, um, I had experienced this betrayal and uh, being stolen from, um, from a person who was supposed to be my protector and someone who was very closest um, to me at the time. And um, I never really uh, had that kind of experience. And as a person in my 20s, um, really didn't know what to do and how to think about that at the time. So, and I do have, do remember this even to this day, uh, broken into thousands of pieces. That's that what it felt like. Um, and you know, in the Bible, you know, sometimes we uh, hear God um, described as a potter and we're the vessel. And it's very interesting to me that when I was, I felt like I was broken into a thousand pieces. Um, unlike when we see um, a, a vessel or pot, pottery that is broken, then we kind of look at it as um, no longer useful or not beautiful anymore, um, out of the original intent. Um, or even sometimes you feel like when you look at these broken pieces, they, they feel they look dangerous, right? You don't want to touch it. Um, but God didn't throw me away at the time, although I was all broken into pieces. And instead, he beheld me. And he looked at these thousands of pieces, and then he said, I'm going to hold you, and I'm going to mend you. And I'm going to mend in a way that is even more beautiful and I think that let, was let the me time. Just, let me yes. just come in here because this is, this is really wonderful. But this draws us straight to Kintsugi, doesn't it? And it looks to me like you brought a, uh, a real-life example here. So just I'm, we can all identify with this mm -hmm. sense of brokenness yes. and, and this sense of have we been laid aside at that point in time and the wonderful promises that God brings. How does Kintsugi link into this? Just draw the two together for us, if you would. Kintsugi comes, flows out of um, Japanese, the word is Japanese, um, and it flows out of the high tea tradition. Uh, that's Sen no Rikyu, the, uh, the, the greatest tea master of 16th century, uh, created basically the basis of Japanese aesthetic as we know it. If you ever heard of terms wabi-sabi, comes from his aesthetics of tea. Uh, but as we have journeyed into Kintsugi, we discovered that it originated in Korea, <laughs> which J Japanese... That's not a good thing if you're Japanese. Well, right? Japanese invasion of Korea took away all their crafts folks, the best came to Japan, uh, including ceramics and uh, lacquer. 
And Japan, of course, refined that and, and called it kintsugi. But it, it, if you go to Korea, it's everywhere. Kintsugi is everywhere because Korea principally, you know, had to survive. It's, it's a resilient culture of beauty. Um, and so it, it's Korea, Jap Japan, um, which, which is us. You know, this is, this is both of us, uh, our heritage is uh, coming alive in this tradition. Kintsugi came out of um, the, 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 with Japan with many earthquakes, um, Korean with so many invasions. Uh, things that are important, uh, teaware that was used in uh, very important ceremonies would break. And instead of throwing it away, um, as we in the West would do, um, they value that brokenness as a sign of that time, the, the story of that time, but also symbolizing the resilience of what is to come. So in, in both cultures, we saw lacquer being used to mend, and then um, about, uh, this would be about 17th century, but the, the artisans would begin to highlight the fracture with gold rather than just letting it repair, you know, uh, for us it would be like crazy glue, <laughs> you know, back together so it doesn't, it looks, you know, uh, like it was never broken. For them, it was a sign, again, of resilience and hope that through these fractures, because we have been broken and fractured, we have something new that comes out of the fractures, the design. So Kintsugi Master will often make beautiful designs out of the fractures. Um, and if you want to call it as an embellishment, yes, but it, uh, to me it's new creation. Ken means gold and tsugi means to mend. So it's mending the broken things with gold, um, but tsugi also has a very special meaning, which we're going to share at, at the end. Oh. <laughs> Exciting. So this is, this is a, an example, right? Of, yes. of, of a mm -hmm. pot that has been broken, mm -hmm. but is now has a, a beauty it never had mm -hmm. uh, in its initial creation. Yeah, we founded Academy Kintsugi and trained over uh, 25 now uh, certified instructors, and many of them are artists, um, who, musicians, artists. And uh, this is by Eva, who is an artist, um, wonderful artist who has been uh, teaching now as a certified instructor, Kintsugi, uh, to many people in Charlotte um, area of the uh, United States. Well, fantastic. I know that one of the, the first things that a Kintsugi master will do is really behold the brokenness. Now, this is not something we're comfortable with. You know, I mean, just to say, you know, we, our tendency is to move on from brokenness as fast as we can. Uh, if we can pretend it hasn't happened, uh, that's probably for many of us, or maybe I should just speak personally, that would be my preference. But if not, it is how do I deal with this as fast as possible in order to be able to move on. Now, I, I'm told that's not the way of a Kintsugi master. Right. Um, families of tea masters will hold on to the fragments for generations before they hand it off to a Kintsugi master, Urushi master. Um, and that is a profound reality of understanding trauma. Um, I was um, invited to partake in 20th anniversary of Columbine 
high school mass shooting, uh, which happened um, April of two years ago. Um, and this was how many children and teachers lost their lives? Um, Significant number, wasn't it? It was, I believe the number was in, in the 30s. Yeah. Um, or, you know, or killed and some survived. I met some of the survivors, talk about survivors. Um, and, and that's when I, one of the survivors, um, one of the brother of a, um, his sister was killed uh, in the shooting. Um, he came up to me and he said, I, I read your books and you're welcome here anytime because you're a survivor too. I never used that word until then. Um, and, um, but that, I brought a Korean bowl, um, mended in Japan in 19th century, it was a 17th century Korean bowl. And I told the families, victims of, um, and survivors, um, that the history of this is that this vessel was broken um, in 17th century, but families decided not to mend for two centuries. Um, some trauma is appropriate to not try to mend because it's generational work. So a Kinzai master will often receive things that he or she chooses not to mend right away. There's some kind of intuitive process going on. I, I believe it's the Holy Spirit. Um, and we'll look at the fragments. We'll teach us how to look, behold the fragments. And until that, those, each piece will become beautiful in itself. And many times we are told that that takes time. And when the mended bowl, um, you know, begins, uh, Kintsugi Master begins that process, the process is highly, um, you know, aware of, of the brokenness, the story behind it, all, all that the family may have gone through. Um, and, and so oftentimes the design reflects that history. Can you apply that a little bit, um, maybe to our lives, um, and rather than rushing on, uh, talk to us maybe a little bit about the power of beholding uh, our brokenness. So what do you do during the time of beholding? What does it even mean to behold? Do you just look at it um, and stare at it? Or do you look at it remembering? what had happened. As much as it's painful, we have to remember where this fracture came from. And do not be mistaken that we're not talking about the act of trauma. We're not glorifying that at all. That's painful. But we accept it as painfulness. But at the same time, we look at these fractures, which was part of this whole vessel, right? So if we consider that whole vessel to be something of value, these pieces are still part of that vessel. So can we look at it and then recognize that, yes, that's part of the vessel. So even when we look at our own trauma and me being the person who have experienced that, 
can I look at myself even before I am, I am being healed and restored and look at myself and see the beauty because God is in it. And then during the time, what happens is that you're beholding it and looking at it as beautiful, but also at the same time, you are imagining what it can become and the oncoming beauty. Right, so the healing is already beginning as we start to behold the trauma and imagine what it can become. It's like the, the gold is starting to appear in the cracks of our life as yes. a result. Yes. That's, a, that's a wonderful picture. Uh, Marco, could you just help us uh, draw some biblical themes into this? Uh, we've mentioned 9-11, we've mentioned pandemics, you've mentioned uh, international captivity or captivity of nations. Mm -hmm. What is God up to in all of this? Um, I'm not asking for 30 minutes, a 30-minute apologetic on suffering here, but, but there are some important themes, which I, I know yeah, you're skilled I, at I wrote out. a book on <laughs> silence and beauty book on that. Uh, but, yeah, that's the question. Um, and I think it's implicit in all that we have been journeying as what Hejin calls kintsugi peacemaking. Um, what is happening? You, you know, the, 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 this um, divisiveness, polarization, fractures in, in every sense of the word against ourselves, against creation, against, um, you know, nations against nations. And, and you, you wonder where, where is God, first of all? Um, we see in this passage, Revelation passage, and, and throughout Scripture, um, this acknowledgement, right? The psalmist crying out um, to God, uh, rather quite honestly, brutally, you know, um, the, the brutal reality of violence and suffering. Uh, without, you know, um, having any kind of piety, it seems, you know, psalmists are pretty honest, and they, 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 they literally, ang they're angry at God. Yeah. What is happening? You know, yeah. why is this happening to me? Or why is this happening to my nation? And, and yet, in that process, something is happening that's very similar to beholding. Something is happening that's acknowledging what is happening and pausing judgment and saying that there is significant reality that I'm going through right now that is not being washed away by any kind of, you know, way that we would like to respond to by masking, wearing masks, and, and then, you know, functioning as if nothing's ever happened. No, God is not like that. God, God tells us that it is in his wounds that we are healed, you know, Isaiah, and, and then post-resurrection appearance of Jesus um, is, is full of images of Jesus coming back as fully human, fully God, but the glorified body of Jesus. And, and I, 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 I write this in my book, um, Art Plus Faith, but it, it really is astonishing to me that Jesus could have come back as anything. I mean, he is God after all. After all that he's been through as a human being, after all that he's suffered for our sakes, he chose to be a human being forever. Why? Not only that, he's not only a glorified human being, but he is a wounded human being with nail marks 
forever. Why? So when I see that picture of Jesus, you know, beholding my fractured um, pieces, I, I see this God that's saying to us, all of us, I see your brokenness. I see your pain. I see your suffering. And it matters to me. And I'm not going to just let it go or wash it away or allow you to wear masks. I'm going to behold you until you see those things as beautiful, that your wounds matter, that it will be glorified with mine. And through his wounds, we are healed. And we can start that process right here on the side of eternity. This is a, it's an instinctively hope-filled message, isn't it? Although uh, your encouragement to us today is, is look at the wounds. But I'm reminded of Lamentations, little book, where the walls of Jerusalem are down, and Jeremiah is, is lamenting its fall, but in the middle of it is that your faithfulness is new every morning. And so in the middle of the brokenness, there is also a declaration of faith. Uh, would either of you, Heijin, would you like to just talk to that a little bit? When I look at this uh, vessel um, and then look at the fractures that's been mended with gold, if you can do a little economics here, guess how much this vessel is? And how much it's worth? How much it's worth originally. And guess how much the gold is worth? When I look at my own self, I'm a human being. I'm a creature. But when God saw me, he saw such value that he, in his divine mercy, decided to pour himself his gold, which I think is the blood of Jesus Christ, into my fractures, right? And Jesus lives in me. This creature, this creator God became that gold for my broken vessel. And that is far more valuable than we can ever imagine. So if we really believe that, that Jesus is the one, the gold and lacquer in my life that made me more valuable than ever, I think our call, you know, I think we read the passage today too, that I give you a new command, love one another as I, Jesus, have loved you. And that's a high command. But when I look at this Kintsuki vessel, I am reminded, yes, I am to pour myself out into the fractures of my neighbors and this broken world as gold, as Jesus has done for me. And that's the new hope. And when we do that, we can see the glimpses of oncoming beauty of new creation. So this is wonderful. This means there's a room full of us, warts and all, that are all of infinite value and full of, full of Christ even in our current states. Well, new uh, healing uh, leads to mission, doesn't it? Uh, new creation leads to new mission. We'd love to hear a little bit of the mission the Lord is taking the two of you on at this moment in time. And as the Lord's been walking, working healing in your lives, the way you've been, he says, freely you've received, now give it away. So, Hadrian, why don't you tell us a little bit about embers and uh, anything else that you guys want to share in terms of the mission that the Lord's taking you on at the moment? Absolutely. Embers International is a global nonprofit that 
um, that I co-founded with a friend of ours. Yeah, if we go to the next slide, I think there's a, there's a picture there. And you see the picture on the left is the same property as the right. And this is called new creation because the left photo is an old uh, brothel that has been abandoned property just about four years it ago. It sits on the middle of the brothel, the darkest area of one of the darkest areas of Mumbai. Yeah. And we, when we saw that, um, we found an opportunity to bring light into the dark place. And so we built a children's center in the heart of the red light district in Mumbai. And uh, in this house, we um, educate and care for the children who live in the red light district. A lot of them still live in a brothel. They are the second or third generation who's been uh, victimized by human trafficking. And our vision is to end intergenerational exploitation for these children, therefore, there's a transformation in this community. And it seems like a really bold vision, but I know that God is at work. We have over 100 children that we uh, care for there, and then we send them out to best school uh, that we can afford to send them to. And they are bringing the light back into the red light district. And soon, I know that there will be no more brokenness in that kind of intergenerational exploitation. But when we see this, uh, the kind of brokenness in a community setting, we have to behold, right, that community as well. And being able to imagine the kind of light that Jesus can bring into that place when we go out as Jesus's people, the body of Christ, and then bringing that light we call um, each of our children embers, as um, our organization is named after, because we once were dying embers as well. You know, we were just like a little flame that was about to die in the ashes. But when the breath of life of Jesus Christ was breathed, breathed into us, we, we revived and we became this flame. And then Marco uh, paints about um, this, uh, the trauma that he had experienced and from 9-11, and uh, he, call, he has a series of paintings, beautiful paintings called Water Flame. And that flame is about sanctifying flame, the kind of flame that sanctifies gold. And we also want that to be true for our Ember's children. So what we do is we bring that breath of life that we have received to share with them so that they can too become from embers to a flame that is sanctifying this entire community. So that is a work that we see as this Kintsuki work, but we also see uh, it as a Kintsuki peacemaking work. Uh, when we think about peacemaking, then I, I want Marco to talk about a little bit, um, especially the experience that we had in just in Rome. But Kintsuki peacemaking is, is a little bit more than, um, I think, just um, a peacemaking that we, we think about immediately when we, we see violence and we don't want violence to be there anymore. We see brokenness, we want to get rid of the brokenness. But for, for us, Kintsuki peace is much more than that. It's about looking at the fracture and then seeing something new that we can make. So it's about making. It's something cre creating something new and taking that opportunity to do so. And Kintsuki has this powerful common language for the most vulnerable. And we can see very visually here uh, in the red light district. 
But this language can also be translated into the highest, the most powerful decision makers who needs to be able to see opportunities like this and then start making into something new. Yeah, so <clears throat> we just came from Rome where we had a 25-minute uh, private uh, conversation with Pope Francis. He is apparently the only pope um, who has dedicated his life to the poor uh, to, to make sure that uh, that position is, uh, you know, cre creates an upside-down kingdom in a sense of serving um, those who are oppressed. And recently we heard the statistic that you probably should know about um, which is the, the how many enslaved people are in the world today. Take a guess. Is it 10 million, 20 million, 20? It's 50 million. So it went from 40 to 50 in about a year, um, or two years, maybe five years, okay. Uh, since I asked, okay. That is more than the population of Canada and Sweden combined. And that's on us. When I went to Mumbai for the first time with Hajan and her team, when I saw the discarded slums, and I realized that these people are literally downstream from the cities, the wealth that we get to enjoy. And it's all connected. And we have been discarding people as well as garbage and other things that we throw away because it's broken. That's our culture. That's how we fight culture wars in the US. That's how people think that their faith has to be played out in public sphere as protectors of whatever it is that we can preserve. Um, and this flow of discarded bodies that is now 50 million, that is enslaved, trapped right now in our cities. And, and we think about how, first of all, we don't realize that that's happening. <laughs> so we don't see the cracks. You know, we think there's nothing in our cabinets at home that is broken when we do Kintsugi workshops. People say that, right? I said that. I don't have anything broken to bring. And yet, it's everywhere. You know, and, and so this reality is what the Pope is, is addressing with his name, Pope Francis. And, and he is all about talking about creation care, talking about addressing the poor. You know, they, these, these are critical to the understanding of why there are 50 million enslaved people today. So... It, this miraculous conversation happened because of this nun that I befriended through Twitter, who is in Michigan. Oh, so Twitter does have some positive uh, well, aspects we, to it. I was going to write to Mr. Musk and, and tell, tell him that this could happen in Twitter. You know, it's not all bad. 
Um, and a biographer of St. Francis, who we never met, uh, he's, he is British, so we were hoping to meet him, but he's out of town, um, and just arranged this meeting, private meeting, and we didn't know what that meant. We, we, we were told, just, just come, you know, by faith. <laughs> um, and, and we thought, well, he, he, he must, you know, have told his secretary, <laughs> but he didn't. So we went through the channels, and, and eventually it was true that Pope Francis wanted to meet with us to have this conversation about kintsugi. So we brought a Korean kin, uh, bowl, mended in Japan, as a symbol of uh, two nations, antagonistic nations even today, being able to find in their fractures something common and something beautiful and that this would be a peacemaking um, gesture, and, um, how, and, and, and spend 25 minutes talking about that. Well, how, how wonderful. Um, and there's so many other questions I'd like to ask yes. about that. Um, our time is almost gone. I just want to say a couple of things, and then I, I'd just like to ask you guys one final question before you pray for us. Um, uh, and, and to say, uh, please do pray for these two this week. Um, uh, Philippa is hosting an event for them in Parliament to speak to parliamentarians uh, with some important message there as well as uh, other, other events that we have this week. So it would be great to pray for them. And do pray for Philippa and Erin and I. I didn't know we were going to talk about slavery today, but we're very involved in working with the leaders of the anti-slavery charities, or many of them in the UK. Uh, and Erin uh, and I actually have a call on Monday afternoon. Uh, uh, on that. So we'd be grateful for your prayers for that because, uh, as we've highlighted today, it's a, a massive need and a scandal uh, that that would be going on at that sort of volume uh, in the 21st century. Final question, just briefly, uh, if you would. But um, what would you want to say to us in our own brokenness that would encourage and strengthen us uh, at this point in time? As, as an artist... Um I, I always say that we're all artists until third grade. <laughs> and somebody tells us we're not, and we believe them. And we go on our lives, and um, eventually we come to a point where we realize, you know, what have I made? It's the question that we must all give account to. We are makers. We are homo faber, as well as homo sapiens. And, um, and it is not until we make that we know. And so whatever your faith beliefs are, whatever your intellectual beliefs are, um, whatever you think you know, what are we making to actualize that into good fruit that all can enjoy? And so this is a call to all artists here, uh, probably up there sitting. I will be up there sitting. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I won't call them out by telling you where they're sitting right now. <laughs> Um, so kintsugi is really powerful because it's not just about beholding and looking and imagining, but like the last piece is about making. So, and when we actually make with your hands, whether you're cooking or um, uh, making pottery or even like, for me, I make arguments and, and cases and structures and businesses. So when you make, there is something that happens physiologically actually in your brain as God has designed us that starts to reconnect and restore. So we really want you to think about every day, maybe before you go to bed, um, ask yourself a question, what did I make today? 
what did I enjoy making today? Um, on that note, the promised, um, the meaning of tsugi, yeah. of kintsugi, uh, tsugi also means, in addition to to mend, to pass down to the next generation. So what are we, as a community, passing down to the next generation as you celebrate the yeah. infant baptism next yeah. week? Yeah. So That's consider that. Thank you so much. Can we stand? Would you guys be happy to pray for us? Maybe the band can come back. And let's, uh, just as we assure you that um, we will be praying for you this week, you. but we'd be grateful for your prayers now. Let's oh, just, let's you. pray together. And can I encourage you, just keep your heart open, whether you know the Lord's speaking to you about your own uh, healing at this point in time, or that contributing, that what am I creating uh, for others as well. Heavenly Father, we welcome you in this place, the creator the maker, the Kintsuki master of this universe. Thank you so much for your work of this oncoming beauty in this space. And we bless this community in the name of Jesus that you come and continue to behold and mend and make into new this beautiful community more and more into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. Pour your gold and lacquer into the fractured places, even the places that we didn't really know that was fractured. So, Lord God, we lift them up to you and bless them in the name of Jesus. Dear Lord, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts open to what you have to show us today. Help us to see as we mend our brokenness, as we bring fractured pieces here in this church, that all the pieces matter, that we are like mosaic that come together in a community, mended by you and your spirit, invaluable with gold, the highest beautiful, the most expensive, extravagant material you, we have. And yet you are infinitely more pouring us, pouring into us something that is infinitely more abundant and beautiful through the cracks, through the brokenness. Help us to be makers of the new Help us to realize that our identity as princes and princesses of your kingdom is to bring that healing into this side of eternity by making. That by doing so, that you will somehow miraculously multiply these small mustard seed of faith to entire forest of trees, entire landscape, that vista that we do not yet see. Help us to see that and believe that and carrying on that task, a small, perhaps task that nobody sees, but you see, and you will multiply, and you will bless as a Kintsugi master. Thank you, Lord, for doing that.
Amen. Amen. Makoto, Hey, Jen, thank you so much. Let's just express our thanks to Ben, shall we, ourselves?